this is Rob Carmichael with another episode of Mainly Matters. Today we're going to discuss the link between leadership and public speaking. And as many of you probably know, there's a strong link between leadership and public speaking. Leadership obviously requires effective communication and speaking confidently in public is a key part of that skill. Improving your public speaking certainly will help you sell better, inspire people, and boost your career. And our most effective leaders, whether it's Martin Luther King, Ronald Reagan, other leaders in our history have been extraordinary communicators and public speakers. But unfortunately, so many leaders don't like speaking in front of people and and really struggle and lack the skills to communicate effectively which uh, certainly impacts their ability to be inspiring and transformational leaders who make a difference. And so today we want to talk about how we can overcome that. You know, Richard Branson, one charismatic leader behind the success of Virgin Airlines and a bunch of other Virgin uh, uh, ventures, the Virgin brand itself said that communication is the most important skill any leader can possess. And yet, uh, surprisingly, most people Well, I guess not surprisingly, most people hate speaking in public. In fact, 19% of the world's population has a problem or a phobia with public speaking, as do three out of four people who face speech anxiety. So we're going to talk about how we can overcome that today. You put that in perspective, and this this statistic really shocked me, that put it in perspective, only 16% of us have an active phobia of death. So 19% of the population in the world has a phobia about speaking in public, and only eight, uh, 16% of us have an active phobia of death. But the good news is, and that's what we're going to be here today talking about, public speaking is it isn't, is not, isn't a genetic predisposition. It's not something we're born with. It's a skill, and like any skill, it can be learned. And my guest today is a perfect example of this. So in today's episode, we're going to speak with Leanne Zelog, president of Simply Put, who trains business people on how to speak with confidence and comfort, regardless of whether you have an audience of one or 1,001. She'll share actionable tools and provide insight on how planning and practice can replace the stress of public speaking with success in public speaking. And she should know well. She's been a, a keynote speaker, a trainer, award-winning author, professional photographer. Leanne may have started her life as a shy girl, as she uh, says, but has learned how to use her voice not only to make her dreams become reality, but also to help others pursue their passions and success. After enjoying a successful 28-year career as a marketing and training executive, she has been president of her company, simply put, for the last 14 years specializing in presentations to help people, organizations, and companies nurture growth from within. Lee also works with her husband, Tom, using their words, professional photographs to entertain and inspire people. From living in a lighthouse on the coast of Maine to a log cabin in the Maine woods, they have documented life, human and wild, in two quintessential homes. The result is the publication of two books, the multi-award-winning Our Point of View 14 Years at a Maine Lighthouse, featuring Marshall Point Lighthouse in Port Clyde, and By a Maine River, a year of looking closely, which explores the natural beauty found in their own backyard. One of their current endeavors is a feature-length film, presently in post-production, that will allow audiences to experience nature's peace 
of force. So welcome, Lee. It's so I'm so happy to have you here today uh, and so thrilled that you'd uh, join us with this important topic. Thank you for having me, Rob. I am equally as happy to be here with you. Lee was my instructor in her class. She she is is a uh, uh, instructor in, in a class called "Speak with Confidence, Comfort, and Conviction." Hopefully, we'll talk a, a little bit more about that today. But it was a, a two day course that was something I took as is a tool to enhance my toolkit as a as a I guess my I was in my early sixties at the time. And really, really was challenged and really benefited from this course, and we'll 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 go into that a little bit. But there, you're never too old to to add to your uh, to sharpen your saw, as Stephen Covey says, and and add to your toolkit to, of resources. So let's start with how did you go from being a shy young girl to a nationally recognized keynote speaker? Thank you, Rob. I would love to share that as I, I enjoyed what you said in your opening comments that public speaking is, is not something that we're just born with. It's something that most people fear, but it is a skill that can be learned and can be nurtured and, and you can be successful with it. And that's exactly what I experienced. I was an extremely shy child, as you mentioned in the intro extremely shy, the, the type of little girl that literally hid behind her mother, uh, didn't, couldn't even make eye contact with people. My first day in first grade, my mother took me to school and plopped me down in the middle of a classroom and left me there. And I cried my heart out. I didn't know anybody. I was scared to death to talk to anybody. It was a very <laughs> traumatic experience for me. And there was this little boy who put my, his arm around me and said, it's going to be okay. <laughs> I wish I knew who that little boy was because I'd thank him for his kindness, even though it wasn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've, never, I've never forgotten that act of kindness. And then in second grade, we moved from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania to Chicago. So I got to go through that whole traumatic experience again in second grade, going to a new school, didn't know anybody. My mom took me there, left me there. I didn't cry. So I was already making progress, but I did meet a, a classmate who was shyer than I was, and I saw a lot of myself in her. She trembled. She, she couldn't even look people in the eye. She, she, I saw so much of myself in her, and what I saw I did not like. And even though I was only seven years old and didn't know what a serendipity was or an aha moment, <laughs> I had one. And I said, I, you know, everybody felt so sorry for Gloria, and I didn't want people feeling sorry for me. So I made the choice that I was going to try to break through and try to find some confidence and try to start talking more to people. So when the teacher would ask for a volunteer, I didn't whip my hand right up in the air, but I would, you know, slowly kind of put it up and and I'd get called on, and, and throughout my life, I just constantly challenged myself. I looked for every opportunity to speak up, to share, and to ho- start honing skills. And of course, the older I got, and then when I got into the workplace, I realized how important communication is, and I just continued that process. I took classes on public speaking, and eventually, here I am. If anyone would have told me at seven years old that I'd be doing a podcast with 
Rob Carmichael on public speaking, <laughs> I would have said, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy. If anybody would have told me that I am a keynote, I'd be a keynote speaker and a trainer, I would have said, no way. But uh, I just slowly, slowly started putting myself out there and I replaced my fear with confidence. I think that's real, real key, Rob, is the the statistics that you mentioned that more people are afraid of public speaking than they are of death. I think there's, I, th- I think I'm quoting this correctly. I think it was Jerry Seinfeld who said, more people are afraid to die than they are afraid to speak. Absolutely. I mean, excuse me. I have, excuse me. I think I had that. More people are afraid to, to speak, speak than, than they the, are yes, afraid to die. Yes. So when you go to a funeral, you'd rather be in the box than do the eulogy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, um, so, you know, I've met very few people. I don't think I've ever met anybody who says, oh, I've never feared public speaking. Everybody fears it. But the only way we can overcome our fears is to face those fears and eventually replace the fear with confidence. And that's what public speaking is all about, is building confidence, confidence in yourself, your delivery. And that's where the skill set comes in. You need to, to learn the skills and apply those skills and then use those skills at every opportunity. And it's really important to remember that when you are speaking, every time you open your mouth, you are speaking, regardless of the medium, whether it's a podcast, whether it's virtually, whether it's in person, if it's one person at a board meeting, perhaps you're selling something, you're a salesperson. You have to have good public speaking skills in order to pursue to persuade and influence people. Well, let's let's so, dig into that a little bit because it, it we'll get into the nuts and bolts of of you know what it takes to to become a, a polished confident speaker whether it's you know in a short session or a long prepared speech or what have you. Mm-hmm. But you know, one one of the things you mentioned really struck me because I think we have a similar similar history in 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 a way that I was, I was so, I wasn't shy. People, if I tell my friends today that I was shy, they would laugh at me, <laughs> it, it, the, my acquaintances. But I was, I was afraid to speak in public, to do mm-hmm. any sort of presentation. As a matter of fact, I, I think I may have mentioned to you during our course that in college, public speaking obviously is a required, one of the required courses that most everybody has to take, at least some speech course. And I found a way to get away from public speaking 101, speech 101, <laughs> and get a different course to cover that because I was petrified. And mm. to to go through what I've been through through the military and to, to get to the point where I do feel comfortable, not if I'm not prepared, but I do feel comfortable speaking in public, in a, particularly in a prepared way, uh, you would never have thought that back in those days. If somebody knew right. what I was going through internally, it, it, how petrified I was, they wouldn't have believed that was the case. And, yeah, and you, yeah. you mentioned you mentioned confidence and and challenge, and that and you challenged yourself, and I think that's really important. But let's talk about those things you just mentioned in terms because this most of my podcasts, not all. But most have been geared towards leadership. And why? Let's expand on what you were talking about. Why is it so important for leaders to be effective communicators, not just speakers, but effective mm-hmm. communicators? Well, you you mentioned uh, Virgin Airlines. The um, can't remember his name Richard now. Richard Branson. Um, 
Thank you, Richard Branson. And his quote that the most important skill in the workplace is communication. And that is not only for leaders, although I advocate that regardless of what your position is, wherever you work, you are a leader. So if, you know, let's, let's take a, a credit union, for example, you know, you've got tellers, you've got customer service reps, you've got the leaders, you know, the executive management team, regardless of what your role is, you're a leader because you are leading yourself in a responsible manner to conduct business professionally and get your, your responsibilities complete. So when I, when I talk about a leader, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of talking about everybody. Everybody needs to take responsibility for their communication, especially in the workplace. It's vitally, vitally important to your success, regardless of what your position is and what your aspirations are. But communication is the, the foundation. Communication can, can build people up or tear people down. So why is it important for business professionals, business prosperity for leaders? Because if you, if you have the opportunity to speak in front of the right audience, even if it's only for 20 minutes, that's going to do so much more for your career than sitting behind a desk for a year. Why? Because you're demonstrating your professionalism, your leadership, your knowledge, your passion. You're showing that you know how to communicate effectively. And that is so key. There's, it's really interesting, Rob, that we have so many ways to communicate today, yet our communication seems weaker than ever before. And we have so many more ways to connect with people, but we seem more disconnected. Our communication can help us connect to each other, and our communication can help build people up. It can make a difference in our careers, and that's regardless of the medium. Again, whether it's a podcast or virtual meeting or in-person, and even if it's, if, even if it's one-on-one. So let's talk about one-on-one for a minute, too. Because when we talk about public speaking, a lot of people think, well, it's, you know, standing at a podium and talking to a, a large audience. Well, public speaking is all, public speaking happens every time you open your mouth. So let's take a manager who might be coaching their employee. That is all about communication. That is all about public speaking, even though you're speaking with one person. Because what you want to do when you are speaking is you want to influence people in some manner. So if you're trying to coach an employee, trying to help them improve their performance, you need to make sure you are very clear, very articulate about what you're saying so you can influence them. You can persuade them to improve their performance. A salesperson, you know, a salesperson for the most part does a lot of work one-on-one sometimes in small groups, sometimes in larger groups. But it's the same idea. A salesperson is trying to persuade someone to buy their product or service. So you need to make sure that you have the right skill set and you are prepared and you know how to communicate, not only with however your sales pitch is, but also then taking questions and, and continuing the conversation. So as you said in the opening, whether you're speaking to one or a thousand and one people, every time you open your mouth, you are speaking and you are demonstrating your professionalism, your leadership, your knowledge, and your passion. And that's what is going to 
contribute to your success personally and professionally. Well, you mentioned the confidence and the preparation is really key. Knowing your subject is key to the confidence. Is that not correct? That is correct, Rob. But I will tell you, I'll, I'll give you the, the, the biggest tip. If, if your listeners, if they only take one thing away from this discussion, this is what I'd like to have them take away because this is what really contributes to enhancing your confidence, reducing that fear, and accomplishing whatever it is you want to deliver through your words. And that is practice, practice, practice. And if it's okay, I'd like to just go into a few skill, a few points to emphasize that. When, you know, when, typically when we're preparing, <clears throat> pardon me, for a presentation, we spend the majority of our time on preparing. And that's very important. We need to write what we're going to say. We need to fine tune what we're going to say. And we really need to polish that. We really focus on the content. What is it that I'm going to deliver to this audience? And, and then that, that's it. We write it and it's like, okay, that's done. And then we go to deliver it and that's where the butterflies start coming in. And the reason we're nervous because we haven't practiced it. We spent all our time working on the content and that is vitally important. But what's even more important is practicing that content. And that's why so many people are nervous because they don't practice. They say, oh, I don't have time. I can just wing it. If you don't practice, you're not going to know where you can use the toolbox, the tools that you have within yourself. And what are those tools? Those tools are your verbal communication, which is your tone, your pace, your volume, and it's your body language, your gestures, how you're moving. If you don't practice those things, you're not going to know, okay, where do I need to pause? Where do I need to put more emphasis? Where do I need to put more emotion? You're just going to get up and, and pretty much, you know, read your speech and, and that's it. And you're not going to have that connection with the audience. So if you don't take anything else away, realize how important it is to practice, 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 practice. So even the manager who is giving a one-on-one -on -one coaching session to an employee, Make sure you practice what you're going to say so it comes out properly. So you are influencing and persuading that person as powerfully as you can. <clears throat> Those are excellent points. And one of the things we always tell our managers when we're doing training on performance management is, is exactly that is have an agenda. When you're sitting down with an employee, have an agenda and practice and, and prepare for that. Just as if you were preparing for a speech or some other uh, professional development opportunity. That's right. And, and let me just give you a, a few numbers so it really is meaningful to your audience. When I talk about the content and the verbal and the body language, I just want to give you the percents of what each of those equates to. So, the, so you can really realize how important your verbal and your body language is. The content, you know, the preparation, the words that actually come out of your mouth, that accounts for 7%, not a lot. 38% accounts for your verbal. That's your tone, how you say your words or how you say your words, your pace, your volume. Are you speaking loudly? Are you speaking too softly? Are you using your volume? Are you using your verbal 
to make a point. Are you speaking so fast that people can't keep up with you? Are you not taking pauses? All of that enters into it. And then your body language, your gestures, your facial expressions, how you're moving. If you are pacing back and forth, that is going to be such a huge distraction. So here is why when you look at 55% is body language and 38% is verbal, that's why it is so important to practice. Because if you don't practice, you're not going to know how that verbal is going to come out. You don't know how that body language is coming out. And the other thing is, if you practice, especially with your verbal, you know, a lot of people say, ah, I just don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with my gestures. I don't know what my face should look like. If you focus on your verbal, so let's just say you're doing a presentation, that something that you're really, really passionate about and, and, and passionate, you're, you're kind of, um, you know, you're, you're excited, but you're, there's a, there's a, fire, there's a fire behind your words too. You know, I I really, really firmly believe in X, Y, Z. If you just read those words, I really firmly believe in this issue and in this circumstance. So I'd really appreciate your support. Really? You really think people are going to respond to that? No, you need to get verbal behind that. You know, I'm really passionate about this project. I'm so passionate that that, you know, I want you to believe in it. And this is why I believe in it. You need to get your passion out through your tone. And when you do that, when you practice that, this amazing thing happens. And that is your gestures fall right in naturally. Your facial expressions will show that passion, that tone through that you're expressing through your verbal, uh, your, your hand gestures, you know, you might pound your fist on the, the podium you'll find that it all flows very naturally. And that is a very important piece of public speaking is to be genuine. You can't discover that authenticity within yourself unless you practice your verbal and your body language. One of the things we say around our business is that everything speaks. And that applies to how our facilities look, how people are dressed, all of those things that people can see, hear, touch, feel, and so forth. So it, it, the point you just made is that it, it, when people look at you and they start hearing you speak, you, you're, all those things that go together, the, the body language, the verbal, they'll form an impression. And yeah. they'll form an impression about you and what you're bringing to the table. And and that's initial impression is, is it can be a lasting impression. So it's so that's important, right. as you mentioned, that that, that all those things are are combined together to create a good communication format. Yeah, so yeah, exactly, Rob. So, you know, you, you have to take you take responsibility for yourself. People need to ask themselves, okay, how do I want people to see me? By the way I dress, by the way I speak and so on and so forth. What impressions do I want to give off? So what one, one of the things that I I think I mentioned to you in the course is that I find it very comforting, very easy, well, not, maybe not easy, that might be the wrong term, but very comforting <laughs> to have a prepared speech. And I can practice the prepared speech and I can be very effective, I think, delivering a prepared speech. The challenge, and you challenged us in the course, is to go from a prepared speech to something maybe that you have to develop quickly off the cuff and deliver it 
effectively, deliver mm-hmm. deliver it clearly and concisely uh, to an audience. Can you talk a little bit about that piece of it? Sure. You're absolutely right, Rob. It's, it's great to have a prepared speech. It gives you a security blanket. As we talked about speaking, communication, it's, it's, it's a skill. And the only, re- only way you're going to develop that skill is constantly practicing it, constantly using it. So throughout the day, it's, it's, most of us don't have too many prepared speeches that we're going to give. Most of our speaking is impromptu. We're at home talking with our families, we talk with our friends, community members. Of course, then we go into the workplace. We speak to our coworkers, our supervisors, our, our customers, our clients. Every time you open your mouth, you should be aware of how you're, what you're saying and how you're saying it. What areas do you need to work on? What areas need improvement? And what are you already doing well? And then continue to do that. So it's, it's, it's almost like working at it. 24-7 every time you open your mouth. And, and it can be exhausting, Rob, because you have to think about so many things. You have to think about, okay, I want to make sure, you know, one of the, the biggest challenges most people have is with ums and ahs. You start listening to people and... Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, and, and now that I've raised everybody's antenna, now everybody's going to hear lots of ums and ahs out there. We do it without even realizing it. We all have bad habits. What we need to do is every time we're speaking is we need to try to break those bad habits. So if we're talking and I, um, um, oh, geez, um, um, uh, those, those ums and ahs, Rob, those were all on purpose. I hope you know that. <laughs> those, um, those, um, those ums and ahs are all a distraction. When you hear one coming out, if that's something that you need to work on, when you hear one coming out, you don't want to say, oh, my gosh, I just said another um. No, just it it, it takes great self-awareness. Okay, it takes great self-awareness. I just said, ah, I'm going to pause. I'm going to take a little breath, and I'm going to continue. And if you constantly raise your self-awareness and really listen to yourself, am I being too monotone? Am I being too enthusiastic for what I'm talking about? Am I saying a lot of ums and ahs? Am I speaking too quickly that people can't understand me? You need to assess yourself, have self-awareness about your strengths, and you know, take stock in those strengths, but also what are your opportunities? And if you don't know what your opportunities are, let's say you're going into some sort of management meeting. Ask someone you know and you trust who will give you good feedback, ask them, say, can you give me some feedback? You know, whenever I speak up at the meeting today, can you tell me what I did, what you liked and what, what you didn't like? Can you, you know, count how many ums and ahs I had? I'm trying to control that. It takes great self-awareness and great discipline. The only way to improve upon it and the only way to improve impromptu speaking is just constantly working at it and have a goal in mind. Know what you, what you want to say try to formulate your thoughts, and then just take your time. There's no reason to rush through it. Take your time and look for your punctuation. When you know there's a, the end of the sentence is coming and you know the period's coming up, stop. Take a little breath because you're giving your audience a little, 
little breather as well. And then continue. And the, the way to really, really get a handle on it is to record yourself or listen to yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, whether it was for me, in many cases, it was my kids pointing it out during interviews in, in a previous job when I was on TV or on the radio or, or one of those venues being interviewed. And they would point out to me, keep me very, very humble that I was, uh, 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 too many times. And then through your core, speak with confidence, comfort, and conviction, which again, I, I want to just let my audiences know, and I'll give you more information at the end that, uh, what an outstanding course that was because you're put in uncomfortable positions. Even somebody with the experience that I've had speaking in front of soldiers and the public over 30 to 40 years, you put me in positions of un that I was very uncomfortable with and forced me to uh, address those, those, I just did a little one, forced me to address those ums and ahs. And now my, as you mentioned, my antenna is up for those. I, I recognize, yeah. I hear it with other people and it yeah. forces you to confront that and it's really beneficial. So that's, that's an important part of it. How do you, what, one of the and things I was, I'm sorry, just a second. I, I, what, one of those things I was, I was going to mention that I feel gets in the way and maybe you can address this is that when sometimes when we're speaking, we, we end up focusing on the people we're speaking to instead of those thoughts that we're trying to convey. Maybe that's that anxiety. Is that, have you experienced that part of it? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what, if I understand what you're, what you're. In other words, you, your, your brain becomes so focused on your oh. fear of those people in mm -hmm. front of you and you lose mm -hmm. the train of thought it, that would, would get those words from your brain to your yeah. mouth. <laughs> yep. Yeah. 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 It, it, again, that's that fear. You know, we, we start overanalyzing and, oh my gosh, I said an ah. And when you're public speaking and when, when you're trying to develop new skills, and that's really what this is all about. It's, it's trying, try, I didn't mean new skills. I meant new habits. It's really trying to break bad habits. So the ums and the yas, for example, and creating good new habits not having ums and ahs doesn't, and no one's perfect. Absolutely. No one's perfect, but it's constantly polishing your skills. It's developing those new good habits. So in order to do that, and it's really challenging, your mind almost has to run on two tracks. You have to focus on what you want to say because you want to get your point across, but you also have to focus on, okay, I need to make sure I, use local variety. I need to make sure I'm using my gestures. And in, in impromptu speaking, you don't have time to practice. But if you, every time you open your mouth, if you are practicing before you know it, you're going to have so many good new habits that you're, that you're not going to have to run on that parallel track in your head anymore. It's just going to be automatic. You have confidence that, okay, I've overcome the ums and ahs. Now I need to work on my tone. I know I'm a very monotone sounding person, so I need to put more energy into my voice. I need to put more passion into my voice. I need to lower my voice sometimes when I want to make a point and I really want people to listen to me. So you want what you want to do is you want to focus on one skill at a time. Really focus on that, master that, and then move on to the next skill. It's all about creating good new habits. And 
you can, I'm glad you mentioned your kids gave you feedback. You practice speaking all day long at home and at work 24-7. So use every opportunity, whether you're in the lunchroom or the boardroom, practice your speaking. I made a mistake about, I guess it's almost 20 years ago now, 18 years ago now. I was on one night, uh, there was an issue that I was involved with from the guard National Guard standpoint, and I was on three national news shows in one evening. And the last news show was with Joe Scarborough at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. I was tired. It was live. And I used uh, 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 some grammar at the end of the, the my almost my last sentence that I would never use in any everyday conversation. <laughs> and I didn't realize it at the time until I got home and my wife had Looked, uh, listened to the the uh, broadcast and told me that I did a great job, except for this little little thing. And I listened to it, and I was horrified because it was uh-huh. the type of grammar mistake that I would never use, ever, ever, yeah. ever. And I used it on national TV. <laughs> so, talk about a confidence uh, killer! It really set well, me and, back for a while. Yeah, yeah, and and you, you know we we need to not beat ourselves up too too badly because a, cu- a couple of things. First of all. You always have to remember that if you're asked to speak somewhere, whether it's national TV or at a board meeting or at a manager's meeting, you've earned the right. You People want to hear what you have to say. So you need to remember that your audience is not sitting there saying, wow, I hope he stinks. You know, they want to hear what you say. Also remember that even if you make one little mistake, if you've done everything else great, they're not going to remember that one little mistake. They're going to remember all the good messages that you put forth. That's that's an excellent point. What, what are some other common mistakes people make? We've, we've covered a few of the ums, the ahs. Yeah. I've noticed, I've noticed this new habit over the last couple of years. I just, it, it's interesting. I one, often wonder where these new habits come from. But one of them is, actually there's two of them. One is I've noticed so many people all of a sudden begin their conversation, begin their sentences with the word so. So, Rob, it's so nice to be with here with you here this morning. <laughs> watch, watch the news tonight, and they, they'll go to, uh, let's go to Susie out in the field. She's going to report on the COVID vaccines. And they go to Susie, and Susie says, so I'm here at the Cross Insurance Center. <laughs> you don't need that word so. Right, you are absolutely <laughs> a lot of people, correct. A lot of people put filler words in. Get rid of those filler words. They're just distractors. You put so in the front of every sentence, you're really taking away from whatever message you're putting out there. That's that's very true. And I thought it was, at first, I thought it was just a a young generational thing, but the more I listened to it, it's it's really not. Yeah. And then the ands, the sos, the buts, the run, run on sentences. A lot of people Again, this is the fear getting in and that they just want to get it over with. They start their sentence and they just continue on and, and they have one long sentence that connects with ands and sos and buts. And <laughs> take a breath. Pay attention to that punctuation. The other thing is, now this is more for prepared speaking, but a lot of people will start kind of with a whimper. Well, thank you for having me here today, Rob. It's really nice to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. Blah, 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 blah. No, start with a bang. Have a good attention getter. 
if you are speaking to an audience, for the most part, you've probably already been introduced or you've introduced yourself to the people who are there or the people know you. And you've probably had a chance to say, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it happens to be. So you don't have to repeat that. There's no oomph in saying, good morning, it's nice to be here. You start with an attention getter. An attention getter can be anything from a startling statement, uh, a, a quote. You want your attention getter is short and sweet to the point it, it gets people's attention. So that's something that most people don't do is they don't do a good attention getter. Another thing that you always want to try to do is leave people with a memorable close. You want to you want you want your audience to remember you. So just like your attention getter, you want to leave them with a memorable close. What I find works really really well when I'm preparing a speech, whether it's 2 minutes long or an hour long, I start with my attention getter. I figure out, okay, how am I going to get these people's attention? And I come up with that. It could be, as I said, a quote, some sort of startling statement. It might be a question. Uh, And then I come up with my memorable close. Okay, how am I going to close this out? Your attention getter and your memorable close are are both very brief, but they are the most important component of your presentation because you're getting their attention and then you're going to get them to remember you. And then the rest of it's the easy stuff, the meat of your presentation. You've got their attention. Now you're going to share whatever the important message is, and then you're going to leave them with a memorable close. So most people don't realize how important it is to have that attention getter and that memorable close. And those can really, those are two very easy things you can implement that have, that can leave a very lasting impression on people. And you listen, as you listen to, or I listen to public speakers, uh, leaders at different levels, government, uh, what have you, they follow that, that advice. You, you mm-hmm. always do. When I, I appreciate Governor King or Senator King is an outstanding public speaker. You could tell mm-hmm. he's actually practiced and practiced and honed his right. skill. And he, right. and he does that. He always leaves you with that memorable thought or, or summary of, of what you've been listening to. So such a critical, yeah. such a critical point. The, the thing it really is. Go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry. I have a, a, a memorable close that I, <clears throat> excuse me, do for a lot of my keynotes. And um, I still have, I have people that will email me. They maybe saw me two years ago and they'll say, you know, Lee, I've been meaning to reach out to you. I just want to tell you, I think about how you closed out that session. I think about whenever I need a little, a little boost of energy, I always think about that. So a memorable close is so very, very important. And, and using your voice, Using your passion, your tone, the emotion. People here are, there's two ways to connect with your audience, Rob. And this is really important for your listeners to know. Two ways to connect with your audience. One, through your knowledge, that's your content. That's extremely important. The words, the information, whatever you're sharing, it gets your audience to think. And of course, that is extremely important. The other way to connect with your audience is through emotion. Now, you don't have to connect with your audience emotionally unless you want them to remember what you said. So you're giving them knowledge. Now you need to give them some emotion. The knowledge gets them to think. The emotion gets them to act. And the emotional part of speaking is probably the most difficult for people. 
they have a hard time figuring out how to bring that emotion out or they're afraid of emotion. Don't be afraid of emotion. That is a great way to connect with your audience. If you stop and think about the speakers that you personally have heard, they are emotional. They may get you to laugh one minute and you may be shedding a tear the next minute. That is what is, is what, it, what that is what's going to connect you to your audience and it's going to allow your audience to act on whatever you are trying to persuade them to act on. And that is a big area that most people stay away from is that emotion. Don't be afraid of it. And those those two thoughts, two ways to connect go directly to when I listen when I listen to Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and when I read mm-hmm. it when you read the speech, it's interesting to read it first and then listen, but pay attention when you're reading it to the words that he uses to describe yeah. things. He has both of those those points. He prepared the knowledge that went into his speech and then the way it was delivered, the passion was was what really took it over the top and made it one of the most talked about memorable speeches of any leader in our history. So I That's would encourage right. I would encourage everybody who wants to get better, hone their skills to to one uh, pick up that uh, that speech and, and read it, and then listen and watch Martin Luther King deliver it. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you want to reach your audience, you, you've got to put your passion into it. And, and you're absolutely right. He he did it masterfully. Well, there's there's no question. Uh, We've just touched on it, really. There's a ton of research out there. There's no question that effective leadership, as you mentioned, at any level, effective and successful people are good communicators. Certainly, it doesn't mean you can't be successful without being the best communicator in the world, but your success really depends a lot on how well you communicate and how effective you communicate on a daily basis and when you're in those positions and in those areas where you need to persuade people or touch on a topic that is important or or just uh, relate a subject to the people that are, you're working with. Very, very important. Right. Right. And I think what I've picked up here, I mean, there's there's so many great things you've mentioned today. The bottom line is practice, 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 right? Right. You have to prepare and then you have to practice and, and gain, and that through that practice, you'll gain the confidence. Now, I we, right. we've got to wrap up, I guess. I hate to, I could go on for yeah. hours with you, Lee. I, yeah, I yeah wanna, that's okay. I want to make sure our audience is knows that, again, your company, simply put, and again, Lee is a trainer, a speaker. She does keynotes. Uh, she does, as I said, she does training. She is available uh, at uh, a variety of uh websites and I will put those on our podcast link if I can, but just quickly www.simplyputllc.com. That's your, your main website, right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. And there are a number of other ways you can reach with her. And they're all, and that's all on my website too. So great. If they just go to my website, that that'd be great. They'll find all of those. I'm excited. I'd like to maybe another time we can talk about your film when you finished that uh, feature-length film you're working on—you've—you're just such a creative, uh, amazing <laughs> lady, and and I uh, could uh, talk to you about this. And I can't thank you enough for what you've done for me and for our company with the training you've done 
for oh, us. Thanks, and Rob. We, oh, we really you. appreciate it. So thank uh, you. I hope you'll uh, you'll come back at another time with a, maybe another topic with us. Would love to. Would love to. And if I can just say really quickly to your audience, we didn't get a chance to talk about fear and butterflies um, in nerves. People say, oh, I get so nervous. Just remember, nerves are a good thing because nerves tell you that it means that you care. If you didn't care, then you wouldn't be nervous. So you just need to take those little butterflies and instead of letting them uh, affect you negatively, allow those little butterflies to let you soar. That's that's so true. It's excellent advice, and I'm going to consider that your memorable clothes, Lee. That was yes. <laughs> that's such Thank an you. important important thing. Thank you. That's what I was going for, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been Rob Carmichael with Mainly Matters. Uh, I look forward to you joining us again. Thank you. Mm-hmm.